Welcome to The Lineup. I'm Ben Ruvo. And I'm Max Ruvo. And we're your co-hosts. This is a podcast all about school, sports, and mental health. College athletes have a lot on their plates. Amidst it all, mental well-being often gets forgotten. We want to change that. We'll bring on athletes, coaches, advocates, and doctors to help us get to the bottom of social stigma and inspire change. The lineup is produced in partnership with the Made of Millions Foundation, a mental health advocacy nonprofit on a mission to change how the world perceives mental health. Check them out at madeofmillions.com. Also brought to you by The Hidden Opponent, a student-athlete mental health advocacy organization who empowers athletes to face the hidden opponent together. Learn more at thehiddenopponent.com and at The Hidden Opponent on all social media platforms. Thanks for tuning in and being part of the conversation. Let's dive in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the lineup. Today we have Leeds Rhinos rugby player Stevie Ward. Yeah, Stevie's a great guy. He started a foundation called Mentality. It's a men's mental health uh, magazine where he talks a lot about men and being vulnerable. It's something that he started early on in his rugby career, and it's grown a lot these past four years. So we're going to hear what he has to say. And yeah, excited for everybody to listen. Hey, Stevie. How you doing, man? I'm good, boys. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, of course. Thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Um, so for the audience, those who don't know Stevie, he's a rugby player in England. I know we haven't had many uh, different people from out of the country, but we want to start bringing more people on because we think it's more of a global um, issue, a global thing that we all should be talking about. So we're really grateful to have Stevie on. And we're going to start with a couple icebreaker questions. Like I said, always in every episode, this is Max's favorite segment. He always comes up with pretty creative questions. So Max, you want to go first? <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're putting me on the spot here. A lot of pressure with the uh, creative <laughs> questions. All right, well, I'll do one. I'll just do an, a simple one. If you could have one food for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? Do you know what came to my head first thing? And this is probably because it's my favorite meal to eat, um, Indian, a curry. But I think that would be a bit much to eat every day. So summer, maybe maybe not steak because that's sort of cruel animals if you eat that all the time. Um some sort of option with sweet potato and veg because any sort of you sound with the the health sort of uh and um agricultural sort of vibe are you yeah that's sweet I potato think. yeah curry. yeah yeah sweet potato is good curry could get spicy like every day curry could and, and imagine the toilet situation every day after that's, curry it's just, <laughs> exactly it's a bit better, it? yeah i feel like that'd be a little too hot for curry every day yeah sweet sweet potato curry i don't know Sweet potato and dal curry, maybe. Just a bit calmer level, calmer spice. Not too spicy. Okay. I think if I were to eat a food, I think I said steak on the other one that we did, but now I've, I've been on like a corn kick. I've been eating a lot of corn on the cob. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it's pretty good, but Max, what about you? Ah, lasagna, always my go-to. I mean, that's lasagna. a that's together. <laughs> Low carbs, right. low carbs every day, there, mate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. no protein, no protein source. You gotta <laughs> yeah. have the meat. You gotta have, you gotta have the meat. You gotta have the meat lasagna. Yeah, 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 definitely. All right, I'll do uh, my question now. So, what is your favorite? Is your favorite? What's your favorite sport besides rugby? Do you know what I, I used to like playing it as a kid? Um, I used to like tennis. Um, I always used to enjoy playing tennis, but then I also used to love football, which is our version of football. It's your soccer. Um, yeah, I, I used to enjoy playing that and, and our team. So Leeds United, 
Um, I'm from Leeds. I play for Leeds Rhinos, which is the rugby league team. But Leeds United have just gone up and promoted to the top league, Premier League, what you guys probably know it as. So that's going to be a, a journey. That's going to be something to follow next year. So I should probably say football or tennis. Hmm. Interesting. I, I got a good question. One that just came to mind, actually. Go on. Um, so if you were to say who, who's tougher, American football players or rugby players? <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I'm going to have to say rugby league, rugby league players. I'm going to have to say it. Um, I apologize. I know you guys would be American football, but I have had how many operations? I must have had 11 operations. I'm 26 years old. Um, fly into tackles. Like I probably make about 50 tackles a game. Um, with no pads. Um, which is either brave or really, really stupid. Um, so, yeah, the only thing that I think NFL players get, or apparently, I don't know, it'd be interesting to see what you guys think, is is with concussions. Obviously, I've got a bad concussion at the minute, um, but NFL players obviously lead with a head, um, tackling, um, taking someone down. I've probably done that anyway, playing rugby league, so it'd be interesting to, to sort of see what you guys think about about that question as well. Well, yeah, I think – what do you think, Go Max? ahead. Go ahead, Ben. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so, I think – I mean, I think rugby's got to be the tougher sport because you're not wearing pads. Like, you're just mm. – it's – like, I don't I – don't, like, I think football in general, American football, which I don't understand why American football is called football when it, it doesn't – it just doesn't correlate to the sport. I, I don't know why soccer is a thing, and I don't know why we're the only country that calls it soccer. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. But um, yeah, I think I think rugby is definitely the tougher sport. Sorry for any football players, American football players listening, because I mean, yeah, there's there's no pads, and you still you're still tackling. You probably make more tackles a game in rugby than in football, anyway. Yeah. If you're like a good if you're a good uh, guy on defense, you're probably making 10, 15 tackles a game. Yeah. But then again, a lot of a lot of those football players in America do like lead with their crowns more and that's where the concussions mm. are coming from but at least they have padding to like protect them where you guys I are kind of just going straight at each other we're a bit dumb we're a bit dumb and, and don't wear anything and i think um as well it's really fast so rugby league is really really fast so you know you might you could make four tackles in one set in the space of 50 seconds you know 50 seconds a minute you couldn't yourself make four tackles and then after that you've got to chase back to get a kick and then you, you might be carrying the ball into a tackle and it's a continuous thing. NFL's got a lot of stops, um, a lot of stops and starts. Um, so I think fitness-wise, is rugby league probably one of the hardest um, sports to play just because it's continuous, like, anaerobic stuff. Um, I'm really trying to sell it to you here, but it's um, it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough game. I imagine NFL is pretty hard as well, so... Um, yeah, yeah. Do you watch uh, NFL? Do you watch any of those games? Or I, um, I do every now and then. I'm, you know, I, I only, I'll, I'll watch it if I'm over in the states, um, if it's on TV, and I'll watch it um, if it's sort of playoff games and um, big games like that. I do remember actually the uh, last Super Bowl um, was so it was on late at night over here after my game where I got concussed. So watching, um, who was that quarterback who's just won it with with um, the last team? I can't even remember. Who it was. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I was watching him, thinking this guy's sick. But um, in between that, I was watching it like, obviously, just being concussed, not really knowing what's going on. Um, 
the screen on the TV was hurting my eyes and hurting my head and stuff. But I couldn't sleep either because it was that bad concussion. So what? That's what actually the last time I watched NFL. So good times, good memories. Oh yeah, good memories. I'll play devil's advocate. I think the pads might make the hitting harder in the NFL than in rugby because everyone's just ruthless with the pads. I don't know. That's mate. just devil's advocate. I don't have an opinion. Yeah, I, I guess I guess there is something in that way. Like because you've got pads on, you will just like go in and just absolutely like flipping, not even care about how hard you're going, but. There's rugby players that do that as well, so and I've been known to do that too. So, yeah, it's um, it's quite a debate. We need you need to open it up to uh, to your followers. Yeah, for sure. Is there? I know there's a few rugby players that like the NFL has given contracts to to play football. There was a running back on Jared the Bills, Hill. I think. Yeah. So, have does he yeah. have an opinion on what's harder? Has he ever said anything about which one's a tougher sport? I've never spoke to Jared Hayne. He's an Aussie. He actually went over to the 49ers and there were a few clips of his of him actually absolutely shredding it, like ripping it up. I don't know if you remember, but like returning returning kicks, I think. Um, but there's actually, and it might be for the Bills, um, Christopher Wade or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think he's over there playing now, actually, and he'd be quite a good guy to, to talk to. I, I met him. He used to play for... Um, Wasps, which is a rugby union team. Um, so I play rugby league, he plays rugby union. Um, and I met him a year ago, two years ago, two years ago. Um, and I think that year he left to go over to, to play for or try out in the NFL. And I think he's made it, so to speak, if he's still there playing now, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. So what's the difference between rugby union and rugby league for our listeners who don't really know? Yeah, so... The main difference is rugby union is like if you've got the ball, it's continuous phases, so you can recycle a ball as long as you want, um, if you like. In rugby league, there's six tackles, so you know every time you you your the ball carrying arm touches the floor or you're putting your back and you're held still, that's a tackle, and there's six of them, and you need to kick it after these six tackles, otherwise it's going to be a handover, handover. So a lot of it's a territory game, so. You know, a lot of it's one on meters. How many meters you win, um, and and that's probably the main difference between rugby union and rugby league. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say that's that. The, there's 15 players on a rugby union team, and there's 13 players on a rugby league team. So, have you always been playing rugby league, or were you ever in rugby union? I played rugby union when I was about eight to eleven years old, but then went back to rugby league and then got scouted there and then sort of just went up from there. Um, rugby league is a lot more prominent in the north of England um, and rugby union is a lot more prominent in the south of England, if that makes sense. I'm from the north. Okay. Okay, yeah, that does make sense. So that actually will be perfect to relay into our interview a little more. And the first question was going to be to talk to us about your athletic career growing up and how you found your passion for rugby and how that happened. Yeah, mate, I remember first seeing a rugby ball when I was six years old. I was at a childminder, so I was at um, the, the the place where I'd go after school before mum and dad picked me up after finishing work. Um, so I'd, I'd go there, and I remember the next-door neighbour um, just sort of like playing around with a rugby ball. I think he must have been about nine or ten. It was the first time I'd ever seen it. I'm like, oh, what's that? So I hopped over the fence, started playing with him, and then went down to the sit. To the same amateur team as him so 
you know, like community team um, and just started playing there. Um, immediately knew that I were naturally good at it and just carried on through the ranks. As I say, play a bit of rugby union. Um, and at that age as well, when you're growing up, um, I played football at the same time and it came, came to a decision at about 12 years old where I had to pick one. I picked rugby league. Um, and then signed uh, on scholarship for Leeds Rhinos at 12 years old and then um, went on from there to, to, to make professional at 17. Um, and then I've a professional career and I'm now 26. So that's sort of like a quick rundown of um, youngster to, to pro, if you like. So how old were you when you were professional? 12, did you say? No, uh, no. Right? so scholarship. Yeah, seventeen's when you you properly get paid, and then twelve back then you could you could join like the setup um, at twelve years old, and you know train with people your age as a Leeds Rhinos scholarship player, if you like, like before the academy. Got it. Got okay, it. and and it, how long do rugby players usually play for? If it's a lot of hitting and. Um, mate, there's, there's rugby players that have played till 37, 38. There's players that have played till 30-odd, early 30-odd. So, yeah, mate, there's, there's players that do really well out of it. There's some players that hardly ever get injured. And then at the other end of the scale, there's players like me that get injured quite a lot. <laughs> um, so it's it's the look of the draw, mate. It's the position you're in. I play in quite a... Um, a tough position I'll make a lot of tackles and I'll make a lot of carries and do quite a lot of the hard work um, whereas you could get a winger um, that makes three tackles a game maybe and, and um, he's on the end of a lot of scoring opportunities um, so yeah it's quite different I, I mean obviously rugby is like the same game but and it's similar to the NFL you know players within that team have very different roles um, and things that they have to do so yeah, it's it's different, mate. You know, some players end up playing until quite late on, some um, decide to leave a bit earlier. So I think your position's probably better, right? You're hitting the you're hitting people. That's got to be more fun than just yeah. being a wing. It's it, yeah, mate. It's it's sort of like it's sort of like there's, there's bigger players than me, um, and you know, ones that play towards the middle that are sort of just tackling, running, just like that sort of full frontal game and then I'm just a little bit out to the edge which is sort of still middle but still the edge so you get to do a bit more of the technical stuff and you know um, attacking on the edge and running lines um, but also you, you, you're in the thick of it as well so you, you're hitting a lot of the big guys and yeah it's it's quite a license to be able to stand 10 metres away from someone and just fully launch yourself into them and, and <laughs> you know quite practically just go and mug them really and and, um, and smash them up you know that's quite a license to be able to do as a rugby player but also they can go do it to you oh, that yeah. is also true that is a good point um, true. <laughs> so obviously with a lot of your you talk a lot about your concussions and mental health and you started mentality so do you want to talk a little a little bit about like the mental health side of um, injuries and kind of growing up for being a man and why you started mentality and kind of how you went that route yeah, mate. Um, so, as I say, like I made a professional at seventeen, um, and it, and I was doing my A levels. So I'm not sure what guy, you guys would call it, um, but from sixteen to eighteen, I did my full time education at the same time um, as a bit of backup um, for for what could happen with rugby. So I did that, and and three weeks after 
collecting those results at 18 years old. Um, I managed to play at Wembley Stadium, which you guys might have heard of, um, as an 18-year-old uh, in a quite a pivotal position and played a load of first-team games that year and um, won at Old Trafford, which is Manchester United's ground. Um, we won the grand final, we won the league at that age. So I, I'd, it was sort of a meteoric rise for me at 18 years old um, and everything was going well. Played the World Club Challenge after that against the best in Australia. In 2013, I had my first big injury, which was a dislocated shoulder, damaged all the nerves down my arm. Um, I was out for about nine months with that. Um, 2014 was when it sort of got tough for me. I um, sort of in and out of the team with my shoulders. I couldn't really put weight on. I couldn't really sort of um, get back to that, that game that I was playing. Um, and I suffered quite a bit that year because I wasn't living to my values. I wasn't able to do what I'd always wanted to do, what I expected to be able to do. Um, I suffered with depression that year. And with quite a tough year, I really had a lack of understanding what was going on for me mentally um, and and just sort of picked the wrong avenues to be able to deal with it. Didn't really sort of look at it the way that I would do in the future. And, and then 2015 came, I'd not really done that mental work and not really done that sort of um, realisation mentally in 2015, but I was able to put the weight back on, I were able to wrestle, compete, challenge, do everything that I'd always done. And I was one of the best players in the league that year, probably in my position. Um, won at Wembley that year um, and then managed to to, um, to be, be a part of the treble winning squad. Um, we won three trophies that year. We were the best team um, you know, by a mile and, and did something quite amazing. But in the league leaders game, which was going to be the game where we'd finish um, top. I did my ACL four minutes before the end. Um, and I remember a moment, I remember a moment where I'd go into the changing rooms and um, I'd be looking at my knee. It looked like an inflatable leg. It was that swollen, it was that um, done in. Um, and I'll tell you the long version. I'll tell you the long story here. But the, that day, um, what a lot of people don't know is that I um, went to my nana's funeral, um, buried my nana, and the day after that, oh, that day of of that, sorry, um, I went back to her wake, um, which was at a little tiny flat in Salford, which is just by Manchester. Um, and she decided to do a fine art degree, my nana, at 60 years old. Never really paid attention to it, but at the wake, me and my sister decided to wash all of their artwork across the floor and have a look at it. Um, and some of the messages that were in that uh, were stuff like, uh, don't vegetate, cultivate. Um, some of the best ideas come out of the blue. And so when I'm flash forward, you know, six, seven hours when I'm playing this game where I wanted to have the best game ever to, to sort of do the job for my nana and, and win, win for my teammates, um, I managed to do my ACL and I'm looking at this inflatable knee and I'm thinking I've got to cultivate or I've got to do something different to what I had done in the past because I didn't want to go back to that place mentally. Um, so, you know, fast forward, fast forward um, about six months, um, some of the best ideas do come out of the blue because I decided to put mentality out there, um, which would be a platform for the everyday man to become a better version of himself, involving and using their mindset, their mental health, and to sort of bring out the elephant in the room and actually talk about mental health, which no one ever talked about me, you know, mental health growing up uh, as what I'd seen. 
So like, you know, we've got to talk about it. It's, it's part of being a human being. Um, so I put that out there. Um, you know, it started out as an online magazine. It's grown to become podcast. It's grown to be its own apparel range. It's grown to um, do education work within schools, universities. And it's, it's you know, something which is my real, real sort of passion um, and my purpose alongside playing rugby and leading men and making sure that all bases are covered within performance, which, you know, mental health for me is one of the biggest things. You know, it's 50-50 for, for physical and mental health. Um, so it's it's helped me within sport. It's helped me w- within being a captain and a leader. And it's it's really a platform which is a continuous journey. You know, when I launched it in 2016, it was um, sort of a moment of or a, a progression of, of self-discovery, um, discovering everything about mental health, discovering how we can operate better. Um, you know, and there's so many different things that come into that, but that's sort of the story of mentality and, and why I did it. Yeah, that's that's an awesome story, um, Stevie. So I want to backtrack a little bit to your shoulder injury and, the, and then work from there. Um, mm-hmm. When you when you were dealing with your injuries mentally, did you feel like after you recovered from your shoulder injury, you felt better or were you still kind of in like that dark place coming into your next season, which you said was the best season, you one of the best seasons you probably had? And when you tore your ACL, which I also tore my ACL when I was a young kid, um, yeah. tough recovery. But did you did you go back into that dark place, or did this uh, revelation through your grandmother did that change everything for you? It was it was sort of like a slow. So like you know, coming into twenty fifteen, the sort I didn't really have to do the work then. Twenty fourteen, the back end of that, I didn't have to do the work because I was able to put the weight on. I was able to go out and be that guy. I was able to go and win stuff. I was able to make the most tackles in a game, in the league. You know, everything were sort of happening again. Um, and I was being fulfilling that character, which I wanted to to be doing. Um, but yeah, come come 2015, the back end of that, when I'd done my ACL, that was sort of a realisation that I need to do something different. What that was, I had no idea. Um, it was something that I had to sort of pick up, look into, have conversations with people to come to a, an understanding of, of, of what that would consist of. And, and that took a few months. That took even more time after starting Mentality. You know, in my original article, The Dark Side of Sport, I'll, I'll, I'll send that over to you guys after, but that's sort of saying that I'm wanting to bring awareness to mental health, that I don't really have the answers, but I would want to look more into it for myself but also for other people um and raise awareness that, that that we can do something special and you know the four years after that there's been even more of a roller coaster guys i'd i tell you um injuries concussions um dislocating my shoulder and playing a week later in a grand final at old trafford again to, to win it you know these lessons that i've learned in that four years have enabled to enable me to be a better captain enabled me to be at the bottom of a barrel one week um and and think, no, physically, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my shoulder back in and and get right, and then whatever it takes, go and win a final, play in a final, and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's been a gradual one, but something which I think all men should be aware of, and, and all men, if they're wanting to, to be high performance, it's it's a big thing um, to manage your, your brain and, and your mental health too. Yeah, that's amazing. So, first of all, I love the name mentality. That's that's the perfect. 
that's the perfect name for um, the cause. Honestly, that's 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 like the best name I've ever heard. Honestly, and out of any of these organizations, Mentality is like the coolest name. But love it. Um, did how did your teammates respond when you created Mentality? When you started bringing this conversation up in the locker room, how was the response? I know because men don't really talk as much about mental health, and it's something that we all have a little bit of a tougher time being vulnerable compared to women. Mm-hmm. It just how it is for men. It's, I think it's just societal standards and being taught to be tough. You don't really think of mental health. So what was the response in the locker room when you did this? Yeah. Um, so I remember putting it out. I remember putting the first article out that launched Mentality. So that was going to go online. It was ready to go online, but also it was going to be part of a massive, um, they call it the magic weekend where every team in the league plays at one ground over the course of a weekend. So that was going to be in the program as well. I was going to launch it in the program of that. Um, and, the anxiety, the nerves, the fear of what I were doing were through the roof. Um, you know, I think, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing something a bit crazy here? Um, what are people going to think of me? But the reception that I had after it had gone out was was amazing. Um, from teammates, from people that had seen it on Twitter and, and social media and people that were at the ground, it were, it were quite incredible. Um, and I remember going on the bus to go up to Newcastle to uh, to get to get ready for the game, to get ready to go watch the game. And I remember pulling up to, to get on the bus and I'm thinking, what are the lads going to think here? Like, you know, what's going to happen? Um, and I just got on. Everyone just said, all right, how are you doing? Talked a little bit about it. Um, and I didn't have any negative stuff. Um, obviously, as time goes on, you know, it gets brought into banter and you have a laugh about it and you know it's just it, it, it's part of who you are so you have a laugh about it um but but mate, the the way that the culture's changed in certainly in my team and and my sport and people talking about it you know never mind you know five ten fifteen years ago you wouldn't have expected that two three years ago for for what was going on and how people were talking about it and how people now are okay with just voicing it and, and talking about it to a welfare manager that's always walking around our team or whoever it is. So it's it's growing. It you know the, the stigmas falling away ever so ever so slowly. But you know that that's 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 why it's it's so powerful to see. Yeah, definitely. I I also think one of the the main reasons why we're seeing such a shift in societal norms is when when people are so comfortable having the conversation most men have been through something mentally that they can relate to and once they see somebody else like yourself stevie who's such a leader for your team it's like hey guys like look at what's going on i think we should be more focused on this and it kind of like normalizes the conversation which is huge so like thank you for doing that especially no worries mate for sure it's it's um you know it's not just you know, some of this stuff, which which originally I thought it was just to to you know to talk and to connect with people, just to feel better. But in fact, what it does in teams, mate, um, you know, it brings everyone closer together. That vulnerability and and that vulnerability being matched or reciprocated or understood, you know, it brings you together as a team, brings you together as as friends. Um, so when you're looking to tackle with your mate or to defend with your mate, you know, is 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 heard what you thought was the worst of you and, and what you've been through and what you felt like and he's he's all right with it you've done the same um so when it gets to 70 80 minutes in a game where you need to win you know you, you've got a bit more over the other team because you're in the trenches with them and and you know you 
you're respected for who you are rather than who you know that the facade or that image that you you hope to uphold all the time yeah it's definitely something that's i know for me personally when i came out with what i was doing as well like it's something that you're in the moment you're really nervous to launch it you're like oh god what are people going to think of me like are they going to think i'm crazy are they going to think like this that and you kind of just got to go for it and the response is is always like powerful because when people hear other people talking about it it's like oh my god i didn't know anybody else was going through this and then they open up to you and it's it's a really cool experience so where do you where do you see mentality going in the future what's your vision moving forward Mate, I, I hope it grows and grows. I hope the community grows. We've got a club um, and we're just setting up a bit of um, a tribe group where people hold each other accountable to to do the right things for their mental health each day. Um, but, mate, the apparel I hope grows. I hope, you know, the, the links between mentality and you guys continue to grow. I hope the education, um, you know, we, we get into more schools, we get into more universities and businesses. Um and yeah, just 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 continue to to touch more people, continue to make a bigger difference. Um, and yeah, yeah, you know, keep flying the flag, and um, yeah, keep 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 cracking on with it. Yeah, definitely. For any of our listeners right now, I think they should definitely look into your apparel. I think it's some of the coolest shirts I've seen. I know my brother ordered one, and they're awesome. So definitely oh. take a look. Cheers, um, man. So one of our, uh, we just want to wrap it up with one, uh, one of our last questions that we ask most of our listeners, um, most of our guests. What advice would you give those who are struggling right now? How would, like, what would you say to them? What would help? Um, I'd say, you know, a lot of it, a lot of, a lot of what, what you go through is, you're not accepting it and not allowing to be feeling that way. Um, you know, as guys, whether you're feeling depressed whether you've got anxiety whether you are feeling guilty about something we we tend to make it a bit worse by not accepting and not sort of acknowledging how we're feeling and we try to put it off and we try to hide it or we try to sort of cover it up um first step is to acknowledge it and to accept it and and then control what you can so accept accept how you feel and accept um the thoughts that you're having, accept that, and then understand what you can control. So, understand who you can speak to. Understand, you know, that you can they can tap up you guys. That they can ask for, you know, where to where to speak to. Who, who's the best person for for that? And then to understand what you can't control. Uh, you know, it might be a situation in your life. It might be um, what the weather's going to be like on a certain day. And and you know, like that. Just just understand um, where you've got power. Where you've got choice what you know as a human being what responsibility you can have but also accept that that time's going to be tough too so don't don't be feeling like it's you're a failure or or like you're not good enough if you if you feel in a certain way just accept it and and then know what you can do to to use it to your benefit because that's exactly what i've i've done in the past and what i'll continue to do so um it's the way to go yeah, I think that's a great point. You know, when we talk about controlling the controllables and kind of accepting and thinking about the uncontrollables, there's things you can't control in life, but just recognizing those things, recognizing why you're feeling a way you are, and then moving forward with your recovery and what to do and what you can do moving forward. Because a lot of people repress and suppress those thoughts, suppress those anxious feelings and put them aside, and eventually they do come up again. So if you address them early and kind of figure it out early, it can help you in the long run. 
for sure, mate. And and I was saying, I was talking about the apparel. I was talking a bit about my nana's story. Like you know, that don't vegetate cultivate. The, the, the apparel is is or the collection of the apparel is called the cultivate collection and you know that's what we sort of say every time and it's a reminder to me at times as well you know when i put one of these tops on when i see it on our instagram or whatever i'm like fuck yeah i'm not i'm not feeling that good today or i'm not feeling um like things are going right it's like well what can you do in that moment it might not be anything massive um, but what what can you do in that moment to to turn things around or to start to cultivate to start developing yourself and to start learning stuff like I'm sure you guys feel the same the the first moments where you read stuff that that, that sort of relates to you or that that you you've experienced before or that you've seen someone else that has spoke about how you're feeling it makes you feel that little bit better that that you can sort of build that community or that you can see that someone else is as 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 sort of mastered what you what you've been going through. So look to learn and, and look to cultivate and, and look to to improve yourself because you know that's that's what we're all here for. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. One of one of the main things I like to point out is, you know, as an athlete, I think especially a, a man that plays a sport like rugby or, or American football or any any sport for that matter being physically in shape is such a big thing that athletes focus on, but most sports are 80% mental and 20% physical. And we put so much focus on working out and getting in shape and on the physical side, where if we put just as much of an effort on our mental side, like it'll, it could take your game to the next level. For so. sure. For sure, man. It's a lot of it is that, you know, like I said, the last 10 minutes of a game, you know, is it taps into your fitness, but also your resilience and your ability to, to have that resolve and, and I like to think that some of the places I've been mentally um, is going to be good practice to get out of that but also on the field too uh, yeah, you know I hope that ability holds on the field as well yeah yeah and going back to your last point that you made before about like reading stuff and making yourself feel better for me I can totally connect with that you'll read something on the internet I'll give you kind of a sense of like euphoria like oh wow mm. this made me feel good I know I'm not alone like somebody exactly. else is going through this I'm not just the only one so you know being able to spread that word with mentality and other organizations, it's a great thing. So we really appreciate your time, Stevie. Thanks so much, and we'll keep in touch. Cheers, Thanks. guys. Thanks for having me on. Good chat, and um, I'm sure we'll we'll um, link up again soon. Definitely. Of course. And that was Stevie Ward. I, Stevie was the founder of Mentality. As you guys heard from his story, he created this community to bring all men together and talk and be vulnerable about mental health. It's really opened eyes for people in his community, and I hope uh, our listeners could benefit tremendously from it. I know for the male listeners out there, if you're looking for an organization that talks specifically on men's mental health and vulnerability within sports, this is the one for you. I mean, I know I learned a lot from this. I think it's so important to talk about the men's side of mental health and just being vulnerable as a team. And yes, yeah, Stevie was great. I really enjoyed him, and thanks for listening. Thanks.